0: Mr. Sullivan. Yes, Mr. Jackson. How much further into Cloudlandia are you? I am all the way in. I'm telling you. This <laughs> week has been an amazing uh discovery week for me. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I get um I'm I'm, I'm I don't know whether these revelations that I'm seeing are like just so clearly obvious or whether they could, they seem profound to me at the deeper I dig into them, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, um, I don't, I think we're even underestimating the impact of what this full embrace of cloudlandia will mean to, to us as early adopters, early settlers of cloudlandia. And for society, you know, uh, the world is is going to um, change. I still have not gotten um, a chance to read the uh, the Disunited Nations book that I know mm-hmm. you're, in. and I think that you you know you're seeing this on a global scale how all of this is is going to really um, shape yeah. things. But I think up intersection of that and. Atlantia making a lot of that possible.
1: Yeah, probably. well, I think the, you know, uh there's there's definitely um <clears throat> some things happening in the news that correspond to um the geopolitical like the the big scene that Peter Zion is the best uh, uh-huh. and, uh for those who have are not familiar Peter Zion, it's it's pronounced like Zion National Park, but it's spelled z-e-i-h-a-n and he's got three books out and they're continuations of each other so it's best to get the latest one which is called disunited nations and he just describes what happens in the world when the u.s decides that it doesn't want to provide adult supervision to the whole world but it's just picking its spots now and the <clears throat> I don't know if you saw it on the news, but this agreement between Israel and the United uh, Arab Emirates is no. a huge, huge thing. Well, they, they just agreed, you know, we're just going to be friends and we're going to be normal countries to each other. And uh, it's huge. I mean, it's just really huge. And then right away, uh, others are saying, well, we really approve of this, you know, in the neighborhood. Well, you know, the goal for so Israel seventy years aligned. or so is to dis- destroy Israel and drive Israel into the sea. But, uh, you know, the lesser countries in the Middle East, you know, these are not big countries, are deciding we better get on the right side of what's happening in the world right now. And so we better make friends with Israel so that we stay friends with the United States. Oh. And so there's a shifting going on, and um, so um, and um, it all has to do with the fact that America may decide at a certain point just not to decide, send one of their, air, their um, aircraft carrier groups and settle things down in the Middle East, but let all you know let all hell break loose, right? Because we don't need the oil. Right. You know, we don't, there's nothing from the Middle East that we really need. I'm talking from an American standpoint Mm -hmm. here. And and, well, they have to, they have to stay here because of the oil. Well, they don't need to stay here because of Mm the oil. And it's just like a a factor. And that's the only thing that's, uh, it's kind of like the last thing that's been holding everything together is, well, the U.S. has to, be involved everywhere because of the energy and you know they've solved the energy problem the u.s can produce more energy than they actually need and uh, yes uh, and it's safe you know it's it's not threatened by any war it's not threatened by any invasion and it can go on producing and producing and producing. And uh, so, so I mean, I, I, I look at it. I just pick up little facts. The other thing is the rapid movement of people out of big cities, New York
0: mm-hmm. has
1: had a um, movement out of 420,000 people since March 1st. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's a, that's pretty amazing. City. I didn't know that. That's, that's a that's good, a- that's a good, that's a good size, small city. Yeah, And I am, they're not moving out to come back. They're moving out to find
0: new places to live. Yeah, that's really, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, but that, um, reminds me of A place like Winter Haven looks really good. It really does. It's fantastic. Um, you know, in 1994, 1993 ish, um, one of the things that I did, uh, one of the last things I did before I teamed up with Joe um, Stump to do Buyer for only in my real estate business, I created a, a guide called uh, Toronto and Beyond. And it was 40 great places to live within an hour of the city. And, mm-hmm. you know, because back then, the only way you could get information about Halton Hills or, any of the communities which you had to actually go there because there was no uh, internet. So you had to come out and explore mm-hmm. to, to find it. Right. So having these guides that gave people a snapshot of what you could yeah. get um, for your money was a big, uh, was a big thing for people. So at least they got in the right direction. And now we're revisiting and reviving that. I'm working with a group in, uh, in New York, Connecticut, and New Jersey uh, Mm -hmm. to create the uh, beyond Manhattan um, uh, project where we're doing, you know, we've got identified a hundred great places to live within 90 minutes of Manhattan. And that's a, um, so we're deep in the, um, Mm -hmm production of that right now but that you're you're right we've got a syndicate of of agents representing all these uh you know regions kind of thing but create some collective cooperation among them and of course it's all digital now which is the the greatest thing i've been meeting with the the uh team you know we held you gather everybody kind of in in Mm -hmm. one place by zoom and so we had our kickoff, um, you know, a couple of months ago, um, with this. And you know, I was thinking back to when I was launching Toronto and beyond, and it was, uh, uh, you know, we had to get people in a, um, we had to get people in a room to come and talk about it, and and we'd all, you know, had all the forty agents all gather for a summit to get the, uh, you know talk about our plans and we would meet quarterly there but um yeah now to be able to instantly gather up all of these uh these people
1: and do it through them. zoom Instant transporting them
0: right. right here yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah well it was, it was interesting because i you know i'm i go on the internet to find things Yes, I didn't know I was I was watching Scott Adams this morning and, uh, oh. yeah, you know, and Did you have uh, your the, simultaneous sip. Oh, well, yeah. No, I, I don't. Um, I'm hours ahead of him. So, I you know, I have my sip much earlier than he does. Your asynchronous uh, sip. Yeah. But it wasn't, wasn't him, uh, you know, I watched him for a few minutes and, you know, and he lists everything he's going to talk about. And uh, I got the general drift from about five or ten minutes. But then I was looking along the side at all the YouTube items because down the right-hand side of the page, there's about an endless number of YouTube things. And um, there was one there on uh, flying boats. Uh, flying boat airplanes and, uh, and, uh, you know, where have all the flying boat airplanes gone, you know, because from around 19, um, I would say 1935, maybe 1930 to 1950, that's the way you cross the ocean. If you were flying, you were, you would take a China clip, you know, the, you would take the, the boat, um, um, and they would, um, you know, they would leave New York and you'd fly to Bermuda and then you would, uh, you know, they would refuel and people could stay the night and then they would fly, you know, to England or they'd fly to uh-huh. uh, Spain or France or whatever it was. And uh, so when the war was over, the big thing was that flying boats were actually uh, very efficient because very few cities had airports. You mm-hmm. know, like uh, it hadn't become a big enough thing with air- airports uh, that uh, you would uh, have a have a big er- airport that was near a city. Uh-huh. And so um, a flying boat could come right into New York Harbor. They could, right. you know, they could land and then they could just taxi and come right into New York Harbor. And it was just like a, you know, it was like a, a ocean liner and, you know, people would get off and but they were planning one. This company in England called Saunders, and it would um, uh, it would carry a hundred people. And they would have like lounges, and you could, uh, uh, you know, uh, in certain classes you could sleep overnight. They had restaurants; you could go to <laughs> restaurants. It was like a, it was like a hotel. And, wow! Uh, so it and could, they would carry fly, huh? Oh,
0: and yeah! They would, it would fly. fly.
1: Wow. And it, Fly well, at roughly 400 miles an hour, you know. So it had uh-huh. really good speed. It had really good speed, and uh, and it was made, and it actually flew, and it was great, and everything else. But they had forgotten that World War II had created all these airports close to cities, uh-huh. and and uh, the jet, uh, you know, the jet uh, engine had been created. Right at the end of the World War uh, World War Two, nineteen forty-five. Uh-huh. So we're talking five years, and then there were jet fighters, jet fighters, and uh, the very first airliner that was really popular was the 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 uh, Havlin Comet, who was a British, mm-hmm. a British airliner, and yes. uh, British Air, British Airlines said, "No, we're going with jets." So. And that was it. They missed, you know, but it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And, uh, but nobody wanted to buy it. Um, it was very expensive. The Saunders, this thing, but it was actually created and they mothballed it. And uh, then at a certain point they said, what are we saving this thing for? And they tore it apart. They should have, they should have actually kept it. It would have made a nice, um, you know, would have made a nice uh, houseboat. <laughs> hmm right <laughs> yeah you know it could have been a museum a houseboat you could have had restaurants and everything else But you know and, um, yeah, it had passed its time uh and then but Saunders didn't quit even though they couldn't sell that one still in uh six years later they were planning a thousand person flying boat you know wh- which would have uh which would have jet engines it would have 20 jet engines and uh Wow, but the crew the crew could walk around inside the wings and everything like that, you know. But it was uh, kind of like doubling down on a bad bet, you know. Uh, it was, uh, and uh, and I think that uh, a lot of a lot of about the talk about cities over the last ten fifteen years has been kind of doubling down on a bad bet, you know. Uh, certain aspects of city life have just really been
0: doubling down on a bad bet. I wonder about the um, yeah because the density certainly you know the the
1: well you know where we live we've got a, yeah. we've got kind of uh, we're kind of the closest beyond Toronto that you can have yeah in, uh, Toronto
0: that's right yeah you were that the, the beaches is, is one of the uh, it's like that a was one small like a small
1: seaside like a small seaside town yeah you know, which I really love
0: really yeah. Yeah, Thomas uh, Thomas Cook was our uh, agent for the beaches then, mm-hmm. and uh, Thomas and Sally Cook. Yeah, uh, but that was one of the areas for sure. And then you kept going, you know, all around the yeah. perimeter and to the Scarborough and to uh, everything. But else. especially so,
1: North, especially North yeah. Hacking Valley.
0: You know, Georgetown. Yeah. we all went the all the, up- the way so, from uh, yeah, we went all the way from Hamilton to. Pickering to Barry uh, in the north. Yeah, so it was a nice uh, thing. But I have never heard at all of these uh, flying boats. I'm going to have to look this Mm -hmm. up because is that – and then there were – what was the Hindenburg? What were those zeppelins? Is that what they were? Yeah,
1: well, they they were uh, – that pretty well ended uh, probably – 1934 1935 because they were made out of hydrogen and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, the Hindenburg, and uh, it's it's like a bomb <laughs> yeah know?
0: but apparently but, um, they were pretty luxurious the way the, oh, they were, the...
1: yeah they they were luxurious but they couldn't carry it I mean they had
0: no carrying capacity they uh, mm-hmm. I
1: think at most say had 35 passengers. I, you were paying right. a, you know you were paying a fortune to fly on those things and yeah uh, you know and yeah you know, uh, and, you know, but there's still people today we're going to bring back, you know, we 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 figured it out now and people are really going to love this. And, you know, it kind of went uh, 100 miles an hour at the, at maximum. Well, uh-huh. That's not a solution. That's not really right. a solution, you know. And uh, so I was just thinking through our, you, know, we, we, you and I were both at Genius Network on Thursday and Friday. Uh-huh. And uh, I was just thinking, you know, because I kind of think in, Book titles, because I, yes. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, right at it all the time of uh, pumping out little books, and I was thinking, um, uh, it was, uh, the title was sort of living local, reaching global, you know, sort of um, that uh, all of us can live local and reach global now, yeah, because of um, because of Zoom,
0: yeah. Now this is interesting that um, I'm. You know, I, I that reminds me of a. um There was a, a book called "The One to One Future" that came out in nineteen ninety-five. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, I read. I read that book. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you know, mm-hmm. then it was very futuristic. You, it was very difficult to kind of imagine. Mm-hmm. It was at the beginning of somebody came out saying ninety-three. Actually, I was reading it on
1: okay. the way home from a trip to. Mar um, to uh, Amelia Amelia Island. You know Amelia Island. Yeah, in Florida. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. N- nice. And I okay. went there for a, I went there for a conference, and I had the book, and I was reading it on the way home from uh, Jacksonville. I flew home from
0: Jacksonville. Yeah, right. Pittsburgh right. and then Pittsburgh to Orlando. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, there's that thought: living local, think global. I don't know who presented that idea, but I the, the first, I think, person I heard that from might have been Tom Peters, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know who who coined that of the uh, yeah. the thing. But these guys, you know, like uh, Don Peppers and Martha Rogers, that's who wrote The One-to-One Future, they were like far visionaries where they're seeing something mm-hmm. and they see how this is going to play out kind of like um, Peter Zion is a far geopolitical visionary i think seeing beyond the the immediate future Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and so you just prompted me to think uh go back to my bookshelf here now and look at the books from 25 years ago with the far visionaries Uh, Mm i'm thinking about faith popcorn and um and looking what they were predicting when they were first coming out as futurists to mm-hmm. see really what the how much of that is now completely manifested you know um and but i'm just looking at the uh the idea here that we're not i i just i'm almost like um in awe at how much things have Uh, have changed here what what this the implications of all the things that we have available to us if we take if i kind of overlay this thought of vision capability and reach over our opportunities in cloudlandia uh how we organize ourselves the the things vision capabilities and reach that Mm -hmm. the um you know, vision is a is a multiplier. Vision is something that is, um, that you can kind of. Um, well, the other thing or is that, uh, uh,
1: it's in charge supply. You know, uh, that's true. Uh, yeah, and, and actually, uh, uh, it's the trigger. You either have capability and reach. Yeah, you don't. And the only thing that determines whether you have capability and reach is whether you have vision in the first place.
0: Yeah. And I think that because you somehow, wouldn't see the
1: capability. You wouldn't see the capability and you wouldn't
0: see the reach if you didn't have vision. And that's exactly it. But I think being exposed when you're when you have vision and you are exposed to these capabilities, the things that that creates now are amazing. Right. I, it was funny, yeah. Dan, you know, I've often, I thought about how uh, we've talked about my, you know, third grade teacher, Mrs. Jefferson with the, mm-hmm. you know, Dean is able to achieve excellent results with what seems like little effort. Imagine if he applied himself. And I thought to myself, we were kind of kidding around one day that that would be a great book title, right? Like, imagine yeah, if but- you applied. Imagine if you applied. Imagine if yourself. you
1: yourself. <laughs> I so, thought. So, yeah, but then yeah. here's the well, thing. You, you know, mine, 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 uh, uh, different, different uh-huh. but kind of probably coming from the same point of judgment. Uh, yeah, has no respect for authority.
0: Yes. <laughs> right. Right.
1: But, yeah, I but, love that. You know, and uh, what I will give them credit for, they were doing this on intuition because they didn't really have, they really didn't have any, uh, they didn't really have any evidence to present to the court that I was being disrespectful or I was being disobedient. They were just picking up something. Yeah. 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 And I'm trying to, I'm trying to think back, what did I ever do to give off those vibes?
0: Uh-huh. Well, not, you you know skipping school and going to the library would oh, probably no, be, no, one would be one of them. That yeah. would be one. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That the clues that. were there. So in in <laughs> our well we were at uh, Genius Network on, uh yesterday and and uh or I mean uh, Thursday and Friday. I I had over that two days I had a a vision for the book title revision. And I thought, you know, imagine if you applied yourself, but then we scratch out the applied yourself and put, hmm. stopped trying, did only the things you love and still get everything you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really the, uh, <laughs> that's really yeah, where well, we are I, right I now. I think the, I think
1: the, you know, here, here's the thing, you know, I always, and I'm looking back because we've, we've been, you know, from our client base, strategic coach client base, we've been um you know really positively complimented by our client base and how quickly we adjusted and you know yeah. um you know and we were right back in action and everything else and i said you know it's uh it's actually just what were you doing over the previous 20 years what were you doing over the previous 25 years what you did over the last five months is really a result of what you did over the last 25 years. In other words, what were you thinking? Mm -hmm. Uh, What were your mindsets? Um, um, You know, what kind of future were you seeing beyond the present you, you were in? And my sense is that people who respond very, very quickly, they had already prepared themselves for the event. They had already prepared themselves for the yeah. change circumstance. Uh, I didn't feel like I went through any big kind of big change. You know, um, mm-hmm. I still don't. It'll be six months in a couple of weeks. You know, it'll be six months that we've been at this. And I, I, I don't remember feeling, um, I, I, don't, I don't really feel that, wow, wow, I'm really going to have to change my mind here. I'm really going to. Wow! Wow! I'm I'm really gonna can't look at things this way or anything. I don't I don't remember going through anything like that over the last uh, six months.
0: No, no, I get it. I mean, it's the it's a uh, yeah, it's a big. But the, the you know the good news is is that it was really just a delivery device, right? For the the uh, what you were. Peter, you know, no, I mean what happened yeah. for both
1: of us is uh-huh. the rest, uh, the rest of the world woke up and acquired a capability.
0: Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, I, just, I think that's um, that's great. I rediscovered um, something that uh, you're talking about. All these capabilities that I think Peter Diamandis first introduced me to it was the um, the Martech. Five thousand. Are you familiar with that? No,
1: nope, um, I'm not.
0: Okay, uh, so somebody has put has uh, taken it on themselves to be the sort of indexer of all the marketing technology um, services and and uh, software and things that are available. Uh, for us now and, and he's been tracking it kind of since two thousand thirteen or something when there were seven hundred and ninety four entries on the thing and up over now to, there's over eight thousand um 8, 000 different uh services, you know that that are, like SAS.
1: They, these Yes, are exactly. SaaS. These are SaaS
0: yeah. or um yeah, it could uh, be artificial it, it, intelligence. Could be a service. Could be, um, yeah. you know, done for you things. Like capabilities is really the best way to look at it. That it's yeah. a capability that you can tap into. Or like when uh, they were talking about in China, the all the that market for the components where you can go and and uh, put all the components together for any electronics or or things that mm-hmm. you're looking up for. So I look at they're they're creating this and they've got a really amazing cloud that shows the different categories of the things. Like if you think about SEO as one thing, search engine optimization, there's they're all categorized that there's, you know, dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds, of companies that are serving oh. that. SEO area, Mm -hmm. content, Mm -hmm. uh, content. There's, you know, all these writing services and everything like that. And I start to see now that what, as far as the capability front goes, when we look at the vision capabilities reach that the, all of those would fit in your capability stack if we take yeah. a Scott Adams, uh, you know, mm-hmm. term kind of thing it's your stack of capabilities, and all of them, what I, what I'm noticing as a, a pattern is that you're as needed, as much as you needed, as much as you need, as as uh, you know, at for only what you need is the thing that we're doing, they're yeah. driving out inefficiencies like there's several services right now where you can get let's say graphic design as an example there's um you know what roland was talking about no limit creative well that
1: magic thing that made the the number you know he had 16 and he said i got one i really want to take you through and it's that is really thing that um you know it's an artificial intelligence program that just will you know, um you know, keep telling you exactly what images are working, what copies working. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. And then yeah. the uh so those things, but the as far as the creation of stuff even, you know, like now, um, you know like design, for instance, the the latest infinitely scalable thing is our services like Design Pickle. Um, and others where you subscribe to this service and you can have unlimited requests but they do one design at a time for you so essentially you stack up your design queue in the uh in the thing and you're paying you know a fraction of what you would pay to have and in-house uh, designers. Well, this,
1: uh, this is taking place in the real estate next to the uh, next to the um, Zoom uh, transportation system. So yeah, tell me what's that, well, yeah, Well, you know, basically that I said it, it don't look at. Uh, don't look at Zoom as a communication system. Look at right. it as a transportation system. Yeah. And then uh, there's real estate next to the transportation system, and all the SaaS services that uh-huh. you're talking about seems to me well these are the general store and the you know these are all the businesses that are that are building up because if you didn't have global reach you'd have, you know your needs for these capabilities wouldn't be as high. Right. You know, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, but, but if you have global routes, you have a global transportation system, um, then there's a lot of things, that, you know, there's a lot of who capabilities in the form of individuals, obviously, like mm-hmm. you're looking for, but also who in a form of uh, software, in the form yes. of, uh, artificial intelligence. And so that's the new yeah. system, uh, you know, that uh, is. Uh, a new person in free zone, uh, in the last four or five months. Um, uh, and, um, let me just go through my Rolodex here. I just have to, uh, remember exactly, um, uh, you know what he does, but he, he has real estate. and uh, he, he built, he finds, uh, commercial real estate. So this is, um, these would be like industrial park, uh, you know, industrial park, real estate, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. where you'd have maybe fifty to 80,000 square foot, foot, and then you can subdivide the space. Yes. And and what he does, he finds it, and uh, it's not well uh, packaged and everything, and he'll buy it. And then he's got a makeover process where he really, you know, Uh, freshens everything up, puts in landscaping, puts in proper security, uh, parking lots and everything like that. And then he, um, you know, he's got investors and then Mm -hmm. he's got tenants. He's got investors and tenants. And uh, and he's, you know, he's doing um, one of these a quarter for a hundred, for 25 years. Wow. uh, Invest. And I was telling them, you know, uh, to read the Peter Zion book because it tells me that from an actual real estate, I'm talking, you know, um, mainland real estate. Yeah. The best, the best place is between the Allegheny Mountains and the Rocky Mountains in the USA uh, uh, for uh, a plethora of reasons. One, they got the unlimited energy access with pipelines. Um, they've got the best river system in the world. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, the, the Mississippi Valley River System has 87 rivers all flowing towards the Mississippi. In other words, if you're in at you know, on the if you're on the Missouri River, you're on the other river. They all flow yeah. into the Mississippi, which flows into the Gulf of Mexico, which flows to the world. And I said, you know, what you should think about now is that whole territory because he was in Oregon and he was thinking, well, we'll go to Idaho, you know, we'll go to Washington, and we'll go to California we'll go to, you know. So I said, well, you can go much wider now that you have Zoom because uh-huh. you can get everybody, you can have instant transportation. But I said, uh, start looking at where you have the interstate highway system with an interchange. Look at see if they they're a port city a river port city and see if they have a um, um, private jet airport private jet airport because if it's a private jet or airport that's you know it's good enough for everything and so yeah. you've got all the transportation system but the land is cheap uh, the living is good yeah and uh, I mean I said that's what you should think about I mean it really made a big um,
0: it really made a- that made a big difference for him uh-huh. in those terms. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's very interesting. Yeah. That yeah. whole geography. Now there's a great, you know, opportunities for geographic arbitrage because there's so the, the differences and square footage that you can get in, you know, the big cities compared to what you could get there where.
1: Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's certainly true residentially. I mean, that's yeah. why, you know, that's been your forte for the last 25 yeah. years. But the, uh, uh, residentially, but it's also true commercially because there's some yeah. businesses, uh, you know, that can be, um, uh, uh, you know, that can be, um, you know, incredibly viable. But here's the thing that I always, uh, I was reading all the, you know, Richard Florida, I don't know if you read any of his books, you know, it was, Talking about the the rise of the creative class, and that was all mm-hmm. dense city living it was all dense city living you know uh-huh. that all these young creative class people uh you know are going to be in the intense city and they'll put up with four hundred square foot condos and you know and and you know and and uh yeah they're living in dorms i mean they're just they're just graduate students who. Instead of going to class, they're going to a job. But it's just uh, his image of the creative class was just that, you know, they look the same. They still have their backpack. uh, Yeah. uh, You know, they're living in a tiny, tiny condo rather than in a tiny dorm room. And they're eating at uh, brew pubs instead of at the cafeteria. Right. but they don't own any. They don't own anything. They don't have cars. Uh-huh. They don't have kids. They don't have anything. I said that's not the future.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. What do you? Because that's we work. That was what they were building on. Was the the dream of that that everybody yeah. would want to be just the space they need or whatever, uh, but be around uh, you know in a, in high density like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And but uh actually, my density has gone up in terms of reach uh, uh-huh. since March first. You know, sure, I, mean, of course. I I'm I'm communicating with far more people uh-huh. on uh, on a daily, weekly basis now with Zoom than I ever did physically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. So my density has gone way up.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not even sure that we really understand like what this is gonna. Uh, you know what the full <laughs> well, bond is fully this. kind of so thing.
1: uh being a red white, and blue american um there's two things that I always believe that uh in their dreams, Americans really like real estate and they like driving around mhm
0: <laughs> yes, that's true, right that's so funny they like dreams and they like or real estate they like driving around that's great. No, no,
1: I mean, isn't that yeah. true, though? I mean, I mean, aren't you, don't you have real estate and you're driving around from time to time?
0: Yeah, I would say less driving around now, but yes, certainly, but any, but any time I love it. But anytime yeah.
1: you want without any, you know, without yeah. any trouble, yeah, and everything like that. And my sense is that, you know, and see, if I can give you an insight on the um, riots, that are taking place in all yes. the major cities. This group of people were told that they were the future. Mm-hmm. They were told that they were the future and they were charged, uh, extortionary amounts of money to go to university. Mm. Um, because you're the future, you're the, you're, yes. you're the future and they get out. And my pe- sense in the last six months, um, Basically, the world doesn't care about them anymore. And I think right. they were just really pissed off, and they were saying, we just got screwed. We'll never get, yeah. to get out of debt. We're yeah. not the stars. Let's go burn something down.
0: Mm-hmm. Isn't that, I mean, you know, it's on a corollary. I think that you've got the other end of this, too, where... I'm just thinking about that. My uh neighbor, I ran into one of my neighbors um a couple of he days did. ago. Yeah. There, imagine that. Out there, out there, out there. Exactly. And uh <laughs> he is a don't
1: you uh, check people don't you check
0: people you out That's right, exactly. <laughs> uh so he is a former uh well he was a, a judge and was just you know, uh this year retired um but uh forced retirement at 70 years old and i thought man that's really like he's still he's young you know like <laughs> he's act he's healthy he's fit he's uh the whole thing but it, at in uh in the court uh system or whatever he's in this mandatory retirement at 70. yeah
1: is this and sort of county a
0: county judge or he's uh yes, a county uh judge. Yeah. Yes.
1: And so he's an elected judge, he's not he, an appointed judge.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um uh no no, I think he's appointed. He's an appointed judge. Um oh. I'm not by sure the how state it.
1: or by the feds. By the state or the feds?
0: Uh I think the state. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So whatever it was, he's uh, sort of appeals court. That'd be sort of like appeals court or something s- like that. You know, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. but anyway, he's he's um, you know now seventy years old has a, a you know lifetime of legal knowledge, and you know I was just thinking about like he's getting itchy to kind of to uh, do something. You know, he's kind of oh, making yeah. noises like that, like hey, you are really gonna get some. Idea, you know, like what something to do. You got anything I can do, kind of thing, you know. And I just think, like, wow, what a we have now a, um, you know, this the benefit of people like that who have, you know, fifty years of of work experience or or real world knowledge uh, accumulation, of knowledge. yeah, accumulation of of knowledge that are. Um, and the the there's no physical, um, you know. Now somebody they're like accept, that, you could.
1: They're accessible. They're accessible. Yes, can, exactly. Yeah, their skills Especially are
0: accessible. Yeah. Their skills are accessible, and I think that yeah. is a a wonderful um, resource to kind of yeah. Um, was, tap yeah, into. Yeah, it was really funny.
1: Uh, Joe at one of, Joe <laughs> College at one of his genius networks about um, um, maybe four years ago, uh, had as a guest uh, uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, who was the first um, yeah. woman uh, Supreme Court justice. And um, <clears throat> and it was uh, interesting because she lives, you know, uh, right in Paradise Valley in Phoenix. Yeah. And uh she dropped down and Joe interviewed her for about two hours and um and um you know she I think she was late seventies, maybe early yeah. eighties maybe eighty and really, really uh present. And apparently she's taken a turn uh for the worse since then. But the uh, the day she was there she was really I mean she was sharp as attack. And uh, but she was saying that uh, she um uh continually made trips around the country uh, to sit in on cases, and uh, yes. and, and this was a great thrill to the uh, judges and lawyers, uh, uh-huh. you know, that uh, she would come in and she would sit down. I mean, she had no influence on the case at all, but she would just uh you know, particular issues, um, you know, and she would choose them and then she would uh, make a request, could she uh, come and um, view the case and, you know, actually be present in the... the, Yeah. But but one of the things that suggests, one of the big problems is the clogged up legal system, you know, and um, part of it is travel. I mean, part of it is just the physical, um, you know, the... Yeah. um, and I'm wondering how far off into the future before a certain number of
0: uh, uh, trials actually take place by Zoom. I've been thinking the same thing. That's what I was thinking about with, with uh, Barry, my, my neighbor. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like what the access to what's um, available, um, you know, in terms of arbitration and things like you were literally, mm-hmm. you could kind of put a layer between the legal system and, you so said you could have things arbitrated with a real judge yeah. Um, yeah. as a precursor to, to going to court for something. Yeah. Um, there, I think there's an amazing opportunity I think the for that. I mean,
1: there's, there's a certain type of lawyer who would hate it. Um, right, of course. their their whole, their whole skill is based on their physical ability to physically intimidate or uh, and, uh, everything. And, uh, yeah, really, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of like,
0: uh, and also to you know, some the, of the, to some extent, the relationships that they have built with the, you know, it's kind of a closed ecosystem in, in yeah, a regional yeah. way. And, the, you know, I mean, I got to see, the camaraderie and stuff of um, these uh, guys through, you know, seeing them at the country club and mm-hmm. at uh, different, um, you know, events that, you know, two guys who were, you know, up opposite of each other on in the courtroom that week that were on the golf course, the following, uh, you know, this weekend mm-hmm. playing together and and have a you know a history of being together since uh high school kind of thing you know yeah. so it's an interesting the physical relationship uh um equity of those things where i think you
1: yeah it's really interesting i was um i i was uh, just something i picked up early COVID but there's this uh, I, uh there's this um hospital system and they're nationwide and I think they're called Trinity or something like that. It's a Uh Catholic, uh, Catholic hospitals. And I think it's 56 Catholic hospitals and what they have is a virtual network of 10,000 doctors. Yes. And, and, um, the doctors go 24 seven, you know, um, and, um, and of course, it's been a COVID. It's been a remarkable breakthrough for doctors because up until COVID, doctors didn't get paid for telemedicine. Mm-hmm. Okay, they didn't. Get, they didn't get paid, and um, and it was the insurance companies that uh, were the biggest obstacles to it. Right. Because because um, the insurance companies wants to slow down treatment. They don't want yeah. to speed up treatment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because if. Um, you know, if it speeds up treatment, that means that people are actually paying for the insurance, are actually using the insurance. Right. For, you know, well, you know, what kind of world is it where people actually use the thing that they paid for? I mean,
0: can, right?
1: You know, answer that question for me, Dean, you know, that you would actually use the thing that you paid for? You
0: know? Imagine,
1: yeah. Imagine, I mean, that's the shopping yeah that's something so so anyway but they've done that and they did it just for um healthcare they just did it to give care to their uh patients
0: you mm -hmm. know that
1: doctors would be available to talk talk to them and everything like that but i i bet they're may they're being rewarded 10 times (laughs) over now for having created that system Mm mm-hmm See, they were totally prepared for this, and they weren't even charging for it. Now they get to charge for it, you know, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's just so much better. I mean, that's, it's a, it's a really, um, it's an interesting thing, you know, this whole, yeah. the relationship. Yeah, told, or, you know,
1: it's like Jeff Gladden for three or four years. We've gone to Dallas for that,
0: uh-huh. you know, and
1: uh, I just don't want to go there I just, you know. um Why would you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, go there. And then we have to go to his office and everything. I said, and, uh, you know, and the main reason we're going there is to have our blood, you know, having our blood taken. And I said, um, you know, um, figure
0: out some way that we can have our blood taken and shipped to us uh, and shipped to you. uh, Yeah, this is what – so I have um – my, I, my primary doctor, I have a, a concierge doctor who mm-hmm. is, you have, um, you know, a relationship with that, uh, you have his cell phone and he comes to my house and, uh, you know, longer appointments or whatever you need kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, he'd been coming to my home and, uh, you know, now we meet by, uh, Zoom or talk on the phone. Yep. He's got a, blood uh lab so he's got a, a blood uh uh a phlebotomist on his uh team who comes and yeah. does the blood right in my house will come yeah. i sit right i'm sitting i sit right in the chair i'm sitting in right now he takes blood the blood
1: room? do you have a do you have a blood room
0: you i have, have a, a room blood room, right? room slash podcast slash <laughs> evil scheming uh room yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I'm yeah, sitting global, in my yeah, the global chair.
1: domination, the global yeah.
0: domination uh, uh, center. Yes. Oh yeah, which is right down the hall from my Zoom jet, uh, yeah. where I transport all over the world. Uh, but anyway, he comes and takes my uh, blood uh, right there, so I literally I don't have to go anywhere. Um, which and it's great. And now to Zoom with him is is perfect because unless he's got to once a year do our, uh, our, you know, our, our fun digital rectal exam, Uh, Mm um, you can't do that over zoom. And, uh, so, you know, now we've only got that to look forward to every year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But But everything else, uh, everything else we can do by, uh, by zoom. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, I think
1: probably there'll be, uh, you know, like blood drop, uh, you do a blood drop test and there's a digital little digital thing that you stick your finger in, you know, you prick your you prick uh-huh. your finger and you draw blood and that thing. And then it gets, you know, in the little digital sensor that, uh, everything that's important gets picked up and it's sent electronically. and Yes you know, it gets analyzed. Well, that was, uh, you know, that was, uh, what's her name? Uh, Liz Holmes, uh, except she was crooked, but, uh, that was the, yeah, right. That she was promising, you know, Th- with Thanos.
0: Yeah.
1: What, Thanos. what was the name? Thanos. Th- no, Theranos. 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 Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And she's still, you know, I mean, the, the trial still isn't good, but, uh, you know, I've seen her and I said, put her away for, you know, put her away for 25 years, you know? Yeah. And every, everything like that. But she, she was the ultimate, I mean, I've seen con people, you know, but she was the ultimate con person. She even altered herself for the role. She had kind of a squeaky voice and she practiced for years of having this really deep resonant voice. Right. Right. She She dressed like Jeff, Jeff, you know, like uh, Steve, Steve Jobs. And, yeah. Yeah. And uh, everything like that. But she, she's a uh, total uh, and uh, she has zero remorse. I mean, she has zero remorse for it. So she's just got you know, right she, she's got chips missing but she took in she had she, like she had Henry Kissinger was on her board and I mean she had all I think Madeleine Albright she had sec, former secretaries of state and they didn't know a clue about what she actually did you know
0: well I think uh, part and, of that was her um, you know what Peter would call the super credibility line or whatever she I think she her pedigree yeah. was really what kind of gave her that advantage. Her grandfather yeah, was... To, uh,
1: didn't she go to Stanford? And she she dropped did out go to Stanford. Stanford and, and she dropped out of Stanford. I think mean, that's the thing. You go to the most expensive college you can find and then drop out. You know, Yeah. Like, uh, you get the benefit of being there without the full cost. and. Uh, and
0: but you also uh, get the... What a, what a power move, too. It's almost like you get the thing like mark zuckerberg is a harvard dropout bill gates yeah. is a college is a harvard dropout um, yeah. you know so the it's like you go there like these athletes that go play in the playing college and do one year and and go to the nba or whatever right the one and yeah. done Kind of thing. It's actually well, true. The, you get the. Yeah, and
1: I'll tell you one thing that's going to come out of that: uh, with the college athletics are all going to go professional. They will all get paid to go in Yeah. Uh, and the entire, uh, you know, amateur uh, claim for college um, college athletics is going to go away, and uh, and uh, you know they'll get paid. They'll get paid for being there, and they'll, they'll have a share of the, you know, the um, box office. They'll have a share of the TV and everything like that, you know. And um, yeah.
0: Well, yeah. It's, it's really done. interesting to me when you look at the role of, of college athletics is if you look at the highest paid government employees or government uh, employees, on the top of the lists are Football the… Coaches college football coaches? Yeah. Hi, higher that like, I mean, millions of dollars compared to any of the chief justices, the, any of the oh, Supreme no, Court mean, justices.
1: They'd, they'd, be, they'd be like, uh, <clears throat> they'd be like Servinson Bell, Bellman, you know, in the college football. You know, I had uh, an agent um, uh, in the program, Jimmy Sexton, and he's considered one of probably top five um, sports agents in the United States right now really great oh, guy yeah. Yeah, yeah really great guy. Um, he had NBA NFL uh, I think it was mainly NFL players and uh, National Basketball Association players now he's just got high, now he's just got college coaches uh-huh. and co- college coach, uh, college coaches are the are the mother load and the reason is because athletes you know, risky business because you know they they might get injured they uh they might go to jail and everything college coaches you get them you get them at the right time you have them for 25 30 years you know and yes at the, well here's the thing ohio state so i grew up in ohio and the big 10 mm-hmm. which is actually the which is the big 10 and an extra four <laughs> so they actually have 14 yeah, they, right. called <laughs> off, they called off their co- college football season yeah okay. so here i'll put the uh economics in um, perspective here the profits from the college football season pays for every other sport yes that, that college has and they have yes. 75 or 80 other sports Every yeah. one of them gets paid for by the profits that are made on mm-hmm. the
0: on the college football. So you right. wipe that
1: out. Uh, how they paying for all those other folks this year?
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Amazing, right? I that, mean, tells that, you,
1: that tells you that the um, uh, when the president of the university calls the college football coach, he said,
0: "Sir." Aha! Uh-huh, that's right. <laughs> Oh that's funny yes <laughs> you and sir true time
1: on your do you have some time on your schedule for me right now?
0: I love it <laughs> yeah,
1: but uh you know these things went along went along went along, they're gonna go on forever, and then there's this real um there's this real juncture i think uh Roland fraser uh <laughs> had the greatest line. I, I really enjoyed him. I really, uh, yeah, he's really great. Enjoyed, uh, really, really enjoyed him. And, uh, he said, uh, let me describe the world right now. Everything, not uh, everything in the world is for sale. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yes, that's true.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. This, in other uh,
1: words, it has mm-hmm. either gone way down in value. So it's a good deal, or it, it's going to go really up in value, and that's a good deal.
0: Yes, yeah, I think that's uh, especially true of things that are Cloudlandia enabled. You know, yes. that are that are rooted in Cloudlandia. That's it's a really... special
1: category. That's a special category for our ongoing podcast. Uh-huh. Cloudlandia
0: enabled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it's really i'm i'm really um having an amazing time just kind of really doing the exploration here um Mm -hmm. under this context that i think we're really um you know we're cartographers of of a new territory Yeah, Yeah, yeah 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 it is it's a it's um
1: uh yeah. I, and, uh, what would it be like? Well, it'd be, you know, uh, that's why I like thinking in terms of transport transportation systems. Um, um, Peter Zion says one of the greatest, um, um, you know, the greatest breakthroughs and it's not given enough credit is deep water navigation. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, that, uh, you didn't have to stay within the site of land, you know, uh, you know, they worked out, um, yeah, when they worked out, um I'm trying to think which one it is, uh longitude was the difficult one. So they figured out you know, how to figure out longitude. They already knew how latitude was figured out. That was uh-huh. that was easy, but longitude was the big one. So they could know yeah. exactly where they they were. And um, you know, it was a whole bunch of um, uh you know um rule of thumb and various other things and then they they did they developed the uh, um um, the technology to actually coordinate the uh they had chronometers which were actually ticking watches and it was at the greenwich greenwich time and then they had how they had hourglass you know the the um what's it put the sand over, and the sand goes down into the bottom. and then they Yeah, uh-huh.
0: hourglass. And then right. they had
1: sext- sextants that could actually figure out the relationship of the sun, and they put them all together. I'm reading this great series called the Master and Commander series by Patrick O'Brien. It's 20 novels about a ship's captain during the Napoleonic War, and it's very, very interesting how they figured out within seconds of where they were time-wise when there's nothing but water around and uh, how much that made a difference that changed the world well peter zine says that all international trade all international trade is 90 navig- percent uh, water uh, dependent 90 90- wow. uh,
0: still and yeah.
1: Oh well. Still, yeah, yeah. Of the
0: moving of physical goods, right? Because
1: cheap, very, very cheap. It's one twelfth the cost of any other form of transportation. The closest to it, uh, you know, is it's one twelfth. It's just really, really cheap. And um, um, he said the big thing was that it only it's only available if the U.S. Navy guarantees safety for all that shipping, and if the U.S. Navy only does it for part of the shipping, then the rest of the
0: shipping. Won't be valuable. Yeah, that's what I was. um th- That's one of the things I hadn't thought about that one in particular. But that's a that's under this category that I've been observing of how much of the foundation has been laid to get to this point. You know, like when I uh, yeah. we, we talk about music and books, and I mean, to, if you take books for example. The, the the progression of the foundation that had to be laid to get to this point starting with the with language itself mm-hmm. developing mm-hmm. language and words that everybody kind of agreed on and, and understood which then yeah. you know uh that allows things but then the distribution of the ideas with the printing press mm-hmm. and all of that stuff to get to the point now where the words can be um you know you can get your words to anybody yeah. in the world you know you think about the geography thing that you were just describing the navigation that we're at a point right now where you know 500 years ago there it was breaking news that the world was round and that and that uh you know now we're in a situation where i can give you a series of numbers that pinpoint my precise location on the planet yeah by uh, um what is that called the the um yes. GPS? gps global yeah. positioning system yeah mm-hmm. how, how mm-hmm. old is gps
1: um probably um I think probably seventies, probably seventies. Uh, cause you had to have satellites. You had to have satellites. Yeah. So they had to have enough satellite uh, coverage. Uh,
0: and how how, how how what um level what's the pixel level of that? Like how precise is my location? Uh you know, to is it to a, a foot, a, a inch, a less than an inch. What?
1: Yeah, yeah, probably be down to that level. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So it's different in
1: different. It's different in different parts of the world. I mean, you would be uh-huh. obviously where you where you are, but uh, uh, in Antarctica, it wouldn't be as precise. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Nor are, are there that many people requiring it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean I get it. So but you look at it that we're at a precision level that my GPS coordinates in my uh in my reading room where I am now compared yeah. to in my living room is a completely even different uh thing that level of precision uh um, yeah. of our locations. Wow. And you think about that now, uh that allows That's the backbone of all of these um, things. Like I get a kick out of watching we do Grubhub um, uh, deliveries or Instacart. And now they're all enabled where you can actually watch the progression of the vehicle, the delivery Mm -hmm. coming on your phone. You can see exactly where they are.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting how Uber was always off yeah like uh i always found that uber was never you know you had to go out on the street and you had uh yeah you, know, you had to you had to hail them i always said you know it, it surprised me that their system wasn't more precise that they yeah uh-huh. you, know, uh, you know they should be able to knock on the door you know and say uh you know like uh everything like that so I don't know. I mean, the GPS was created and is maintained by the United States. I don't know if you yeah, know that. It was I don't know created. that. And then the Chinese want to create their own, and uh, the Russians want to create their own. And uh, one of the big things, is satellite wars, you know, in the future, and uh, what was it that uh, Peter Zion said? He said it's not well known because neither country wants it to be known, but about... Seven, eight years ago, the Chinese destroyed a U.S. military satellite. Oh, really? Yeah, they did it with a rocket. They did it with a rocket. They actually knocked out, and five days later, seven Chinese military satellites disappeared. (laughs) Wow. The U.S. said, um, hope you learned the right lesson from this.
0: Wow, yeah.
1: Well, you know, this, I mean, that's why I say that outer space is not going to be a repeat of the United Nations.
0: No, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yes,
1: space Force. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elon's going to be right there. He, I think, he's really bet bet wisely on that one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All righty. It's always fun, Dan.
1: I am off for three weeks. You will not hear me because I'm going to cottages for two weekends in a row. This is
0: summer short up here. Well, good for you. Get it all in. Yep. Summer short here. All right. Well, I will uh, look for you when you're back. I'll meet you right here. Yep. Good. (laughs) Bye. Bye.